Good morning. Welcome to chapel this Monday morning, or convocation, I'm sorry. Um, all this week, Student Senate will be hosting the Iraq Awareness Week, and it's beginning with convocation this morning. Tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, you can stop by the Union Hallway um, to send a sign-on letter to your members of Congress. Um, we're printing them off from the Sojourners website online, and they'll be asking for the withdrawal of troops from Iraq. We'll be providing addresses and stamps and envelopes for you. On Wednesday, um, you can come to Film Club at 9 p.m. in Ad 28 to watch Iraq for Sale, The War Profiteers. Thursday evening, after night class, you can stop by the Peace Pole for a student-led hymn sing. And on Friday evening, there will be a community peace vigil held at the Plymouth UCC Church on Main Street at 9 p.m. If you want more details about where that is and um, transportation, uh, you can talk to me after chapel or any time this week. And my email is racheled. This morning, we are pleased to have Art Gish from Christian Peacemaker Teams with us. He's been working with uh, Christian Peacemaker Team since 1995, and he travels to the Middle East every winter for two or three months. This past winter, he spent two months in Palestine and a month in Iraq. And the rest of the year, he lives at a Christian intentional com um, community in Athens, Ohio, as an organic farmer. Art grew up in the Church of the Brethren, uh, and he's written a number of books about his life and piecework, which will be displayed outside on a table uh, after chapel. Today, Art will be available to talk uh, with students after chapel here in the church and also in the cafeteria at lunchtime around noon, I believe. Um, please pray with me before uh, we hear from Art. Dear God, Thank you for this morning and the early signs of spring, the promise of your renewal. Thank you that we can gather together this morning to learn more about our brothers and sisters in Palestine and Iraq. Be with Art this morning as he speaks to us and bless his words. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want to congratulate you for uh, having an Iraq Awareness Week. That's really, really important, and I feel honored to uh, begin the week and start some of our thinking together about that. I just came back from Iraq about two weeks ago. I in no way pose as an expert on Iraq. I don't even know if there are any. <laughs> the experts have been consistently wrong. Let me start with just talking a little bit about Christian peacemaker teams. Back in the 1980s, some people from the peace churches began to question our peace witness as peace churches and asked the question, is it enough to oppose war? And they came to the conclusion that if we're serious about opposing war, we ought to be willing to take the same risks as soldiers, go into violent situations, and be a nonviolent presence in the middle of those violent situations. And out of that talking in the 1980s, Christian Peacemaker Teams was formed. And since then, we've had teams in Haiti, Chiapas, Mexico, various places in the world, including uh, Colombia, where we have a team right now, uh, the Middle East, in Hebron since 1995, and since 1992, we've had a team in Iraq. 
Let me give a short, real short history of uh, our work in Iraq. My wife Peggy went to Iraq in, uh, in October 2002 and was there five months before the, uh, the bombing and the invasion of Iraq, trying to stop the war before it started and telling the stories of the Iraqi people and, what, and their suffering. She stayed on during the bombing and then our team began to deal with the effects of occupation. Uh, one of our big things was dealing with detainees. It was CPT that first exposed the horrible atrocities, not only at Abu Ghraib prison, but in every US prison camp in Iraq. We began accompanying Iraqi people who wanted to have some kind of grievance redressed and went with them to military bases because the American soldiers wouldn't listen to them if they were not accompanied by another American. We confronted the American authorities, both in military bases and going into the Green Zone, with the horrible, horrible things they were doing in Iraq. We reached out to the Iraqi people. And I'll just tell one story. When I was there uh, three years ago, we went to the village of Al Jazeera, uh, just west of, uh, of Baghdad in the Sunni Triangle. One evening in that village, a group of soldiers came into the village at about sunset, and they decided to raid a house in the village. The house had two doors, one at each end of the house. So some American soldiers came in this door, and some came in this door. It was getting dark, and when they got in there, they began shooting, and it ended up four American soldiers dead, shot by other American soldiers. That was very upsetting for those soldiers. Eight Iraqi villagers, village men came, walked up to the house and they were summarily immediately executed. And then the soldiers ordered airstrikes on the house and demolished the house. A group of us went to that village and went to the house to spend some time working to try to rebuild the house. Another thing our team has done in Iraq is try to work to build a nonviolent movement. Two years ago, we, we for an put a, a group of Iraqis through an intensive one-week nonviolence training, and out of that they formed the Muslim Peacemaker Team, a very exciting development. That's just a little bit of history. Iraq today is a mess, a horrible mess, a mess based on the naive belief that violence is redemptive, that we can overcome evil by superior firepower, that we can crush evil. Remember, George Bush promised us that he will root out evil from the world. As a Christian, I have to say there is only one answer to evil, and that is the cross. Nonviolent, suffering love. I know of no other way to deal with evil than the cross. When the bombs began to fall on Baghdad, my wife and other CPTers moved out of the building they were living in and began to sleep in a tent beside a hospital and a water treatment plant in the middle of Baghdad, 
to demonstrate that they sleeping in that tent were no more vulnerable than the Iraqi people sleeping in their homes. Peggy went all over Iraq with CPT. And repeatedly, she would meet American soldiers. The American soldiers would say, what are you doing here? Are you crazy? Don't you know how dangerous it is here? You don't even have any guns. You don't have any armed guards. And my wife would say to them, I'm a lot safer than you are. Our team was invited to visit the village of Abu Hishma, north of Baghdad. American soldiers told our team, do not go in there. They are terrorists. If you go in there, they will kill you. Our team went in anyway and were warmly welcomed. This was by people who had most of the men of that village had been rounded up and detained by American soldiers. Many of the homes in that village had been bombed. A lot of people had been killed. But our team members were welcomed in that village and spent the night sleeping in homes in that village. You cannot crush evil. The answer to evil is to make ourselves vulnerable to that evil. If you want peace, work for justice. Christian Peacemaker Teams has had a vision for peacemaking. Uh, but we're still learning. In fact, I like to say that I think Christian Peacemaker Teams now has graduated from kindergarten and has started first grade. We're really still learning. And we're trying to figure out how can we work in a horrible mess like Iraq. For the last year, it has been impossible for us to work in Baghdad. You simply cannot move around, and it would be extremely dangerous for any Iraqi in Baghdad to work with us at this time. I went to Iraq this winter for a month, and my, the plan was that my wife and I would be doing nonviolence training in Iraq. That never happened because it was impossible. In fact, one of the leaders of Muslim peacemaker teams was assassinated this winter. Other leaders have left the country because of death threats, and the rest of the uh, team is in hiding. We haven't found a way to work in Iraq in the last year. We're still struggling with that. And just a little over a week ago, all of our team members have left Iraq, and we're home now to try to uh, discern and seek what can we do be doing in Iraq. Iraq is a mess created by us. Let me tell you about Musa. I met him uh, three years ago. Musa had been imprisoned and tortured by Saddam. And when the American troops came in and overthrew Saddam, Musa was overjoyed. He was gung-ho pro-America. But within a few months, he saw American troops indiscriminately killing Iraqis, including one of his closest friends, he then became very anti-American and now says, I would rather live under Saddam than under the current regime. Musa is a story of many, many Iraqis. 
except for the Kurds in the north, most Iraqis today are much less secure than they were under Saddam. And the Kurds are not very secure. They expect that the United States will double-cross them again, just like we have done in the past. But the Kurds say the U.S. Is the, are the only friends that they have right now. And they're going to do whatever they can to get the help that they want, as long as American help is available. But they know that the United States has promised Turkey that there will never be an independent Kurdistan. The, Iraq, the Kurdish people know that. I think maybe the most important work of Christian peacemaker teams is listening. Wherever we go, we try to listen to people on all sides of the conflict. This winter, I listened to Israelis and Palestinians. I listened to Arabs and Kurds, to Shias, Sunnis, and Christians. And all of them have their horror stories. All of them have experienced incredible amount of suffering and destruction. But you know, every one of them says exactly the same thing. They, meaning whoever they consider their enemies, they want to kill all of us. They all say the same thing. The Shias believe the United States is, in, is allied with the Sunnis, to destroy Iran and Shiism. The Sunnis believe that the United States is allied with Iran to destroy the Sunnis. You remember the morning this winter in January when Saddam Hussein was executed? The first day of Eid al-Adha, arguably the most important day of the year for the Muslim calendar. That morning, I sat in a packed mosque in Palestine. I was the only American in the mosque, and the sermon was a very strong anti-American sermon condemning the Americans executing Saddam. Whether we did that or not is another question, but they, they saw it that way. I was the only American in that mosque, and afterward, I was warmly greeted by lots and lots of people. This winter, I met with Kurdish groups that are actively pursuing a vision of nonviolent action. They have begun nonviolence training. They said to me, we want to create a culture of nonviolence. There's a student strike going on in Solomonia, where we, we live, the Kurdish city in the north. That, that student strike has been going on for over two months. They are camped out downtown right by the main a main street, 24 hours a day, with their demands for better conditions for students. So I, when I went, would go by there this winter, I would talk to them about nonviolence, about my, my experience and listening to them to, to learn about their struggle. One of my last days in Iraq, about two weeks ago, the U.S. ambassador to Iraq came to Solomonia to meet with Talibani and Barzoni, the two top Kurdish leaders. I asked a Kurdish friend, what will Talibani and Barzoni be saying to the U.S. ambassador? Well, I was very quickly corrected. My Kurdish friend said, no, 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 no. 
It's not what Talibani and Barzoni will be asking or saying to the U.S. ambassador. The question is, what will the U.S. ambassador be telling Barzoni and Talibani? That story tells you a whole lot about the attitude of the people there toward the United States. I asked Iraqis before I left, what shall I say when I come back? What they told me was, tell them we are tired of our suffering. Tell them we are tired of our suffering. Almost everybody in Iraq thinks that U.S. military action is counterproductive. Even those who want the United States to stay, which is, is a minority, even they believe that U.S. military action is counterproductive. While I was in the, in the Kurdish North this winter, we got a telephone call from a friend in Baghdad. Our friend said, the U.S. sending more troops into Baghdad will only increase our hell. And since I've been home, I've been hearing reports in the news of U.S. bombarding neighborhoods in Iraq, in, in Baghdad. We created a horrible, horrible mess. The U.S. invasion is the cause of many of the problems today in Iraq. Most Iraqis would agree that the situation is now worse than under Saddam. The longer we stay, the worse it is getting. There are now four million refugees in Iraq. I know some of them. We should have never invaded Iraq. We only made a bad situation worse. We should have already left. We need to leave now. And I'm going to use the W word this morning. Those American soldiers that died there, yes, those are wasted lives. And the over 600,000 Iraqi people that died, their lives also were wasted. How many more lives will we have to waste before we will repent? One of my personal concerns is the sectarian strife and the civil war that is brewing in Iraq. It is well known and well documented. You can easily search it, Google it. United States intelligence people have been training Shia death squads to kill Sunnis. The training as center of the training takes place on the seventh floor of the Ministry of the Interior in Baghdad. The Trevor people who are leading that training were the same people who trained the death squads in Central America and South America. And now last week, Seymour Hirsch came out with another article documenting that the United States is funneling money to Al-Qaeda groups to kill Shias. It is my belief that the United States is at war with Islam. We have picked up the war, the Crusades, and the war against Islam that was dropped in 1492 when Columbus sailed the ocean blue and discovered America. We are at war with Islam. One of the ways, one of the tools in that war 
is to pit Shias and Sunnis against each other. This is, a, this is a deep personal concern of mine. In the month that I spent in, uh, in Kurdistan this winter, there was a Shia mosque and a Sunni mosque and a Chaldean Christian church very close to our, uh, our apartment. And so almost every day I went to pray and worship in the Sunni mosque and the Shia mosque or the Chaldean church building to some way embody in my own life a solution to this horrible, horrible fear and division that has been created between people. We are all the children of Abraham. Muslims, Christians, and Jews are part of the Abrahamic tradition, and there is no reason for us to be fighting each other. I want to close with my proposal for getting out of Iraq. I think I should give you some answer. Uh, this is not my proposal. It's gleaned from uh, the thoughts of many other very wise people. The first step needs to be repentance. I don't think we can get out without repentance. Admit that we did wrong. Confess that we did wrong. Apologize to the Iraqi people for what we have done to them. Say, we were wrong. We are sorry. The second step must be to announce that we will leave. That we abandon all plans for permanent military bases in Iraq. You know, we are still in Germany and Japan since the, first world, since the Second World War. Our troops are still in Korea. One of the major reasons for invading Iraq was to establish permanent military bases there because the area is a very strategic area, right between Syria and Iran, right where the oil is centered. We must announce really clearly we have no intention of remaining in Iraq. We will abandon all the mili permanent military bases that we are constructing there. Third, we will announce that we will stop all offensive military operations and announce a ceasefire and call all other groups in Iraq to follow the example of a ceasefire. Fourth, begin to withdraw all of our troops to the bases. Five, begin an orderly withdrawal with a set timeline for getting out. And the last proposal is that we commit ourselves to providing funds to rebuild what we have destroyed. I... Uh, Look forward to the time of dialogue. I will stay around here until a quarter till 12, and we'll be happy to talk with you as long as you want, and then uh, join with whoever one of you wants for lunch. Thank you. And the blue hymnal, if you could turn to number 411.
411. Verses 1, 2, and 4. 